Christ in Our Podcast. My name is Taylor Easley. As always, I am joined. Why are you laughing? I was stopping myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by Chad Hunsberger, who is for whatever reason laughing at me. It's fine. I wasn't <laughs> laughing at you. All <laughs> let's move along with the podcast. <laughs> Okay, we're keeping this. Yes, good. How are you doing today, Chad? All is well. Uh, of course. So summer is in full swing. Yeah. And we are busy. That's how we roll. It's very, very busy. Yeah. But it's exciting. We have interns. Yay, that's good, too. Interns are great. They are very fun. They, they add fun. add a little... Uh, Sparkle. You know, little, well, okay. <laughs> sure, they do. That's not the word you were going to use. I wasn't going to use sparkle. Oh. But I do enjoy their presence, okay. and I'm glad they're on the team. Okay, so today we're actually going to talk about something that we have going on this yeah. summer. Yeah. We're going to talk about short-term mission trips and if they are beneficial mm, that's good. to those we're trying to serve. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think there's like a couple of questions that go along with this. Yeah. But to start us off, our shirt, short, shirt, shirt term. Sure, short terms. <laughs> are short-term <laughs> trips beneficial? Okay, so I do think that there's a couple ways to uh, answer that question because um, you started by asking the question, are short-term mission trips beneficial to those that we are serving? And I think that, that that's a particular way to ask it versus are they beneficial overall because sure. they can also be beneficial to you as the person. Right. But uh, I want to start by saying the way that the answer can be yes. Uh, that that I think yes, short term trips can be beneficial, and I think the in large part that comes from the way in which you plan and prepare said short term mission work. Mm -hmm. Meaning that there's a, a few things that you should consider to make them most beneficial to those that you are serving. First is that you should actually talk to the missionary or the indigenous people that you're going to serve, whichever one that is, like if you're going to partner with a, a church that's some in another country, um, and so you're, you're talking with that pastor or those church leaders, or if you are partnering with a missionary, you're asking them when they need you there and what they need you for and how can you be most helpful. So you're letting them lead the way what I hear from people on the field uh, in a complaint, right, is when that doesn't happen. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think primarily your your mode needs to be in thinking about making the plan. These are the people who are on the field, who know the needs, who know their schedule when it's best. So if they say, hey, I, we need a team in June, we're wanting to do vacation Bible school for a group of kids that are going to be here um, and we just don't have the manpower to pull that off. Then you go in June and help make Vacation Bible School happen mm -hmm. for them. Um, so I think that's one thing you're thinking about. Um, in addition to that, you're thinking about how to serve the missionary themselves, um, realizing that for them, this can be a great boost. It can be kind of like a shot in the arm. Uh, they they get to talk and maybe even sometimes worship in 
in their native language, like so in English. So, so many times they're surrounded by conversation that is in their second or third language even. And so it's just, there's something about being able to communicate in your native language uh, that can be really helpful for them. Um, this can be a time for you to really just be an encourager to them, um, play games with Uno with their kids or do a puzzle or uh, color or whatever the thing is with, with the missionary themselves. Um, and again, if it's a, a an indigenous person you're partnering with, that you're looking for ways to really spur them on, encourage them, help them feel like, because they're going to stay when you go back home to your regular job. Right. They're going to stay and keep the work going. So you're, you're trying to, to boost them. And you're trying to not do what they ask you to not do, um, whatever that might be. And so I would say that some of, um, some of your work might not actually be getting to do uh, what you want to do. And that might be things like even sharing the gospel might need to happen by the native speakers, it might need to happen that you are a vessel, you are there delivering food, but they're the ones actually speaking. You're the one who gets them in the door, but then they do the talking. Um, there's a tendency sometimes for people to, in other countries, to think, okay, I want to do what the American's asking me to do. So yeah, if they want me to say I'll accept Jesus, then yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, but when it comes from the, the person from there speaking in their language, it can be all the more fruitful and long-lasting. So um, those are some reasons that I would say it can be beneficial for the people there. Mm-hmm. I would add that some of the ways it can be beneficial to you as the goer is also in that planning and preparation. Mm-hmm. It's in your your awareness of uh, getting getting like exposure to other parts of the world, uh, cultures, languages, um, seeing that everybody, uh, even being sometimes exposed to, to poverty at a different level, exposed to the way in which people worship, exposed to other church life. Um, all of those things can really prove fruitful and beneficial for you as you return mm-hmm. and seeing how you can then apply the work of making disciples in your own life here in the States. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so kind of in a way you're saying like, keep your, keep your plans mm-hmm. kind of open handed, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, hold yeah. them with an open hand just to allow the Lord to kind of use you in whatever sure. way he, he wants. So how or when can short term mission trips not be beneficial? Yeah. There's, there's like this, it's a pretty famous book at this point, but there's a book called When Helping Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it speaks very directly to the poverty side of things. When um, when you go into um, a place and you kind of act as the Western savior mm-hmm. to the situation, um, and you think you're helping because you are providing something that might even be necessary, mm-hmm. uh, food or medical care or, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not opposed to some of those efforts by any means, nor would the authors of When Helping Hurts. Um, but there's going to be argument better for like, it's, it's the old adage, right? Uh, teach them to fish or give them a fish. And sometimes we sweep in for seven days and give them fish, but we don't teach them how to fish. We don't mm-hmm. come alongside them. And then we exit and then they just wait for the next group to come and give them fish. Right. Um, and so that can be a part of it is our own 
kind of savior mentality is I'm going to come fix their problems. We sometimes we try to fix problems that they don't see as problems. Mm-hmm. Right. So More I think just cultural difference. Yeah. It, it's right. just things that they, they're not looking, they don't need, they don't, some, some are, uh, I think about this very particularly, what we would see as a problem of having to like hand wash our clothes down by the river they see as a community gathering together to wash our clothes together. Mm -hmm. So if we tried to put a washer and a dryer in every home, they're going to look at us like that's ridiculous. We would see that as a convenience that we think, oh man, this will save them time. It'll save them energy. And they're like, yeah, but now I don't get to see my friends. Mm -hmm. So, so that's a, it's those kinds of things that we're, we're trying to uh, learn and so that, again, goes back to this planning, preparation, talking to the missionaries, mm-hmm. talking with the native people, the indigenous people of the land. And so um, I, I think about that same example I said at the beginning. If, if you talk to the missionary and they say, we need a team here in June to do a VBS, and you say, I want to come in August and do construction. Mm-hmm. Well, then now the that missionary feels obligated to say yes to you because they still want you to come. They want you to be exposed to the, wherever it is that they live and the culture they are in. And they want that for you. But now you've inconvenienced them because August was supposed to be something different and they had a different plan and they really still are trying to do this VBS in June. And you just said no. And so I would say allow, like that's when it can be a problem. So you need to allow the, the missionaries, you need to allow the, the pastors of those churches um, to really lead the way, the church leaders, whoever those might be, to lead the way in helping you see what will be most helpful. Um, even if you're doing construction work and you say, we want to build everybody a house. Okay, well, we, I remember talking with one missionary organization who initially had a plan for houses um, that that looked a certain way and nobody was living in them. Hmm. Uh, they, they, there was another one that they were building houses, but nobody was nobody. It was a very hot place. And so nobody stayed in the house. They want, they needed like airflow. Mm-hmm. So then they changed the model and put a porch on every house. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh, okay. Those kind of things they learned through the culture. Right. And so those are pieces and parts that you learn because you actually I've talked to the missionaries. You've talked to the people there instead of just sweeping in and deciding what somebody else wants or needs. Um, You trying to be the one who always gets to do the thing, right? I traveled all the way over here, so I'm going to be the one to share the gospel. Or I traveled all the way over here, so I'm going to be the one that gets to, to do the thing. And in some cases, you being there opens a door, and then you need to be quiet, I think about, I was in Niger, which is in West Africa, years ago, almost 20 years ago. And um, because Americans were visiting, the chief of the town wanted to meet with us. Mm. But I did not have any clout whatsoever other than that I was American. Mm -hmm. So uh, they swept their dirt floor for me, but I brought in with me Right, the missionary that had been living there for mm-hmm. years now in this village, who had only met the chief one other time. Mm-hmm. So my presence allowed an open door for this missionary who knew the language, mm-hmm. who was able to talk to him, who was able to engage in a different way. 
I said almost nothing the entire visit in the chief's home. Mm -hmm. But my role at that point was literally just be a door, like be a, a way to get in now. And, and so I'm not offended by that. I didn't look back and say, man, cross my arms. Like, why didn't you let me talk? Don't you think I know something? Mm -hmm. Like, no, like, of course not. Uh, and so I think sometimes we can think that that is what our job is, is to be the talker, to be the kind of the, the one doing the things. We'll show them how to do it, that savior complex, when in reality uh, we have a different task. Right, right. So you're saying like uh, there's a certain level of humility that, that you need, like a posture you need to take before you head out on these yeah. trips. And yeah. then and then kind of to, to piggyback on that, what would you say... Uh, to someone who's going for the first mm -hmm. time about coming home. Well, that's good. Because question. I've been, I went to Haiti right after the mm -hmm. earthquake, or I guess it was about two years after the earthquake in 2010. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess I went and anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but coming home was the hardest part mm -hmm. because after you witness what you witness sure. over there, sure. it's, it's you come home and you, you begin to feel guilty or right. ashamed yeah. or something. Yeah. And yeah. so you can begin to take on this mindset of a, there's a term called poverty gospel, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so what would you say to encourage people who are going for the first time? Yeah. So I would say a couple things. One, um, uh, see your, your life as a blessing. Mm -hmm. like don't, don't, uh, don't not see that. So, Certainly, in humility, realizing the gifts that you've been given are from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Mm -hmm. So, so that is a thing. I would also say, uh, make changes, but don't necessarily feel like you have to make sweeping changes right now. Mm -hmm. So, what we have a tendency to do is knee-jerk reactions. We're going to come home. We're going to sell everything, everything we have and yeah. we're going to live in a cardboard box because right. they do that in Haiti. Right. It's like, well, no. But what it might mean is I'm going to live in the house I live in, but I'm going to use it different. Mm -hmm. I want to be hospitable like they were hospitable to me. Right. I want to be um, giving like they were to me. They made bread for me. They, you know, they they were so kind to me. They were generous toward me. Uh so, so learn from them, mm -hmm. um, but instead of just seeing the poverty uh, as the challenge, right? See the commonalities. Right. See the you and they are both image bearers. See some of those things and begin to think, okay, so now how do I need to adjust my, whether it's lifestyle mindset. or mindset, yeah. in order to make Christ's name known in all the earth? So here... What does that look like here? What are things that I, uh, sometimes I, I think we, we put on our mission trip hat when we, get, uh, when we get to the airport. And the good way about that is we're thinking, we're on an airplane, on a way to some other land where we're, and so we will even say, you know what, maybe I need to share the gospel with this person on the airplane because I'm, I'm so ready to tell somebody about Jesus. Right. So we, we do that, but then we don't do that when we go on a, another trip to Boston. Mm -hmm. or to Chicago, or on family vacation. trip on vacation, yeah. and we're sitting on the same airplane next to the same person, but we're not, we don't have our mission trip hat on. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe that's a small thing. 
I can constantly live with my mission trip hat on. I can constantly think, hey, I want to share this truth. I, I want to I evangelize or I want to do this thing. I don't want to only live in that mindset when I'm these seven, ten days somewhere else. Right. I want to live in that mindset all the time. Um, and, and so those, some of those are changes. Uh, we do things like we are more intentional about reading the Bible when we're on a mission trip. We are more intentional about journaling because we're seeing stuff that we've never seen before. So we want to write it down. What are, what are some of those habits that we should incorporate into our, our return life? <laughs> we've come back and it's like, oh, journaling was good. That was healthy for me. And such intentionality in reading the Bible, that, that was healthy for me. Um, and those things can still exist. Those can, can be habits that start on a mission trip that continue when you return. Yeah. So I think all of those are, are pieces and parts. Uh, so so go into the trip with a preparedness to um, yeah to to want change. Yeah. I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna see, but I'm gonna want different when I get back. Right. Expect mm-hmm. God to work mm-hmm. in ways that you you didn't you didn't expect. That's right. In unexpected ways. That's I good. feel like God is. So good like that. Mm-hmm. So this summer, we've got a few yeah, trips that yeah. are happening, um, and they are already booked up. So, But w- can you tell us a little bit about what those are? Where are you going? Where yeah. are teams going? Yeah, yeah. so we have, uh, we have a team going to the Dominican Republic. We have a team going to um, Uganda. Uh, I'm going uh, with a small group uh, to do some pastor training in both Peru and Honduras. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some local mission work happening just across the reservoir with the church plant we sent uh, several months ago. Right. All those are happening in the next two months, really, uh, June and July. Um, and uh, But what is coming ahead... Yeah, we've got right? some pla- already planned yeah. for 2024. So and that, that gets exciting to think about. Uh, so you can kind of file those away in your head and uh, usually about six to nine months, you actually see like, uh, and if there's Colonial Heights folks in particular, you start to see announcements about come to an interest meeting and that kind of thing. But uh, next June, there should be a Honduras trip. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Am I reading that right? Uh, well, next year, Honduras, there'll be a trip to France where we'll see some of our missionaries that are there. Uh, then there's a trip to Edinburgh, Scotland. There, uh, later, there's a trip later in the fall to Inverness, Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those are church plants that we work with. And then uh, seeing some other of our missionaries um, in northern Uganda. So all of those are opportunities that will be in 2024. And I would say your question you might need to ask if you're a Colonial Heights person is, is not um, like, I wonder if the Lord's called me to go, but... Where? Because he has. Mm-hmm. He has called you to go. He's called you to make disciples of all nations. So your question really then is where? Your your answer might not be one of those short-term trips. Right. It might be something else. But don't have to ask, should I, should I be going? Should I be making Christ's name known? Of course, you should assume yes. Go uh, read Acts 13, 14, 15, and 16. And uh, you'll see there's this constant picture of Paul and Barnabas always assuming, yes, that they should go to the next place to, uh, yeah, to, to do the work of missions. So I would encourage that. Right, right. Well, we're so excited and uh, 
we know that Colonial Heights is a sending church mm-hmm. for sure. So we're excited to send people to these places. Um, thank you for joining us today on the Christ Home Podcast. A new episode airs each Wednesday. If this episode has been interesting or helpful to you, you can subscribe it or share it on your favorite social media platform. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to talk about, send that to info at colonialheights.org. We look forward to hearing from you and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.